There's a forest trail near my house that I always like to run along. When work gets so busy that I can barely handle it, I like to go blow off some steam and sprint the path. It's been kind of a quiet relief for me over the last couple of years. Work is crazy these days. You can find a decent salary, sure, but the demands on your mental health and sleep are out of this world. Even emails sent in the middle of the night are expected to have some kind of response. Suffice it to say, getting rest and relaxation aren't really a thing in my line of work. The morning was a crisp one, temperatures in the mid-40s, dew still glimmering off the top of the grass in the front yard. A cool breeze had picked up by the time I got outside, but I didn't mind it. Having a decent supply of winter running clothing, it was more refreshing than uncomfortable. I set out into the trail like I had every morning, happy to have the brain break and reprieve from my electronics. I lived in a mostly rural area, thankful that I was able to work remotely over the internet for my job. I passed several long fence lines bordering the main road from several hundred acres of farmland. The isolation helped add to the overall calming effect of my jogs. After about five minutes of jogging from my house, I reached the path I was looking for, leading up through a large patch of woods. The trail was calm, birds chirping and squirrels running for cover as my footsteps hit the hard-packed mulch and dirt that made up the path. The trail itself made several turns and bends around the forest. Ultimately, it pushed the traveler roughly five miles into the woodlands before diverting the path back to the main exit. It would essentially perform a loop, but what made it slightly unusual is there weren't really any exit points. You went the whole loop or you turned back when you felt you'd gone far enough. I was an experienced runner, so I typically ran the distance, ignoring several signs about fatigue and to carry water during the hotter summer days. Neither was a concern for me in the fall when temperatures were this low. Letting my mind go blank, I continued down the trail, happily listening to the sound of my feet, the inescapable sense of nature and wildlife that lived in these woods. There were also rarely any people this early in the morning, this far down the path anyway, so I had the entire trail to myself. It was about three miles into my run, so the majority of the way to the apex of the trail on the map, that my sense of calm serenity was shattered by a sound I wasn't expecting. Another set of footsteps coming down the path behind me. I had just gone around a corner of thicker trees and brush, so I couldn't see whoever was coming. All I knew was they were coming down the trail at a sprint, much faster than I went, or really anyone I saw on this lengthy trail go. Something about this gave me goosebumps. It really was unusual. I had come to a dip in the trail where it went into a decline and then back up again and around a corner of trees. I went down the dip, still hearing the approaching sound of sprinting footsteps. As I crested the small rise in the trail, I stopped and turned to see who was coming up behind me. If they were truly going as fast as they seemed to be, I should let them go by or confront them if they were trying to reach me. The person came around the corner then and stopped suddenly at the top of the dip. I looked right at them and they seemed to stop in their tracks as I got sight of them. I wasn't really sure what I was looking at. Standing there, looking them over, my gut churned in fear as I took in a runner, completely geared out in light clothing, shoes, everything normal, only they didn't have a face. Where I expected to see a mouth, 
nose, eyes. There was nothing. Just a smooth palette of blank skin, flat and featureless. This figure and I were frozen in place. I was frozen by the fear coursing through my veins at the sight of the faceless figure in front of me. They were somehow frozen by my gaze, though, as they came around the corner, standing still, hands at their sides, facing me. I couldn't account for how long I stood there staring at it. My hand went to my side for a pocket that wasn't there, for a phone I left behind at the house. I routinely left all electronics at home for when I went on these runs. I had no way of calling for help, no way of notifying anyone that I was in any sort of danger. Realizing that there wasn't anything to do just standing here, I took a few steps backward, further distancing myself from the thing. It continued to stand still as I watched it. I started around the corner, which was covered in thick shrubs and trees in a way that obscured my view of the figure. The second I went around the corner, my heart jumped as the pounding footfalls of the sprinting figure started up again. I backpedaled instinctively away from the corner. The figure appeared so suddenly and so close to me I shrieked and fell backward after tripping on a tree root. They were maybe ten feet away from me, the figure with no face, head tilted down as if it was looking at me on the ground. I crawled backwards, putting a few more feet between the faceless figure and myself. I got to my feet, never letting my gaze leave the figure, my sightline of the creature inexplicably stopping it in its tracks. I backed up as far as I could go before the trail deviated again. This time, I put on a burst of speed as I went around the corner, hoping to put some distance between myself and the figure. They were so fast, though, the footfalls coming up behind me at a pace that was not human. In a panic, feeling like I was being outrun, I turned suddenly to face the figure. It stopped again and was a mere two feet away from me. I gasped as I looked at the frozen figure, which had extended its arms outward as if to tackle me. It froze in this position, explaining wordlessly to me that its intentions were most certainly malicious. I backed up again, continuing down the trail without taking my eyes off of it. I continued this tedious task for the duration of the trail, several painstaking miles, with a figure charged around corners toward me, only to stop frozen in its tracks. Upon exiting the trail, the world opened up around me, no longer enclosed in the woods along a narrow trail. A small amount of relief came over me, knowing that I wouldn't as easily lose sight of the figure. It stood at the edge of the forest trail, motionless, allowing me to put at least a hundred yards between the two of us. There wasn't anyone else out here, most of the area being rural. Looking around for help meant taking my eyes off the figure, which I could only spare for a few seconds at most. Taking the risk, I glanced quickly to my left and then back at the figure. It managed to cover a few yards in that brief time. The flash of a barn and maybe a truck on the back side of it? I couldn't be sure, but it looked like a truck bed was sticking out around the back side. I made a decision then to head for the barn. If I could get inside and close the door, maybe from the upper level I could see the creature and some other means of escape. I carefully made my way to the door, walking awkwardly so that I was able to keep my eyes on the figure. As I reached the door, it had a small gate latch on the front holding the two doors shut. There was no padlock on it 
and so opened immediately. I felt along the inside of the door, hoping to find some kind of brace or lock. My heart sank as I felt nothing, no lock or latch whatsoever, that would let me barricade the door from the figure. I was far enough away from the figure that I could swing around to the backside of the barn, see if the truck was a viable option for escape. With reluctance, I tore my eyes away from the figure and moved quickly around to the other side. There was a truck, old and battered, but it was a car and a possible way to escape. I ran to the driver's side door and tried it, unlocked. Getting into the driver's seat, I checked the center console for keys. Nothing there. I checked the sun visor. Nothing. Pounding footfalls coming up behind me. I was reaching for the glove box when I felt the car shudder as the figure's fists slammed against the glass of the driver's side door. I whipped my head in the direction of the noise, finding the figure frozen in place, arm back having wound up to put a devastating blow into the window of the door. The glass was already beginning to crack and spiderweb, having taken the first brutal impact. Without taking my eyes off the figure, I reached across the passenger side, finding the release for the glove box. I felt inside and felt the rigid, cool metal of the keys. I couldn't look at the dash to see if there was any gas. I just took the key and turned it in the ignition, praying that the engine would turn over. The engine struggled at first, but ultimately roared into life. I compressed the gas pedal, moving forward slowly and ultimately taking my eyes off of the figure. As it left my view and I looked forward to see where I was going, a banging noise happened behind me. The figure completing its wound up punch and slamming its fist into the bed of the truck. I looked in the rearview mirror as I put on more speed. I could see the figure chasing me. The view of the mirror not freezing it in place like my direct line of sight was. It was moving at an incredible pace, almost keeping up with me on the uneven ground of the farmland. Diverting quickly to the main road, I kept just enough pressure on the pedal to keep me ahead of the figure. The vehicle bounced left and right on the uneven dirt, making it hard to keep control of the wheel. Eventually, I made my way to the main road where I was able to pick up some real speed. Looking in the rear view again, I could see the figure putting on top speed, but it wasn't enough to keep up with the truck. Dancing down at the speedometer, I was topping out at 70 miles per hour in this old beater truck, which was amazingly only just enough to outpace the figure. I drove to my house, determined to get to a place where I could lock the door, have even a second to plan out what I could do next. I parked the truck on the street, sprinted to my front door, and punched in the code that would let me through the deadbolt on the front. As I closed the door, I gave one quick glance out in my street. No figure could be seen. I turned the knob for the deadbolt and ran straight to my phone on the charger. I dialed 911 in hopes to get a police officer or someone who could help me with this insane faceless creature. The operator came onto the line, asking what my emergency was. I'm being chased by Someone, I don't know who. Please, send someone who can help, I said frantically into the receiver. Okay, ma'am, we're geolocating your phone, but are you able to give us your address, said the operator. I gave them the address as quickly as I could. Thank you, okay. Stay calm. Is your house locked, they said. Yes, I replied. Can you find somewhere in your house to hide? 
They followed up. No, you don't understand. This thing. I don't know what it is. It will find me, no matter what. You have to get someone here as quickly as possible, I said. Ma'am, I know you're scared, but please listen to me. You need to find a place to hide. In a closet, under a bed, anywhere that can buy you some time, they explained. I'm telling you, this thing will... I trailed off as a loud hammering noise came from my front door. Oh my god, it's here. Please help me. I shoved my phone in my pocket despite the urgent instructions from the 911 operator. The pounding at the door was so powerful that the solid wood door seemed to shudder from the force of it. Dust fell from the fan blades and light fixtures throughout the long hallway leading to the front entrance. I went to the hooks on the wall, grabbing my car keys and heading to the garage. The walls of the house seemed to shake as the pounding on the door continued. I got into my car, a small sedan that I knew had a full gas tank. I pressed the garage door opener as I heard the front door collapse under the force of the invading creature. The garage was only halfway open when the figure burst down the door leading into the garage. They were at my driver's side window again as I slammed the gas, skidding the roof of my car against the bottom of the garage door. The figure was behind me, but again could not keep up with the speed of a functioning car. I was free from the house and the figure, able to get onto the freeway and put on some serious speed. My heart was pounding as I habitually checked my rearview mirror for any sign of the figure. There was nothing after I left the main town I lived in and reached the freeway, but I couldn't help the feeling that I was still pursued, relentlessly and without mercy. I drove for hours, not even daring to stop for gas. My car was reading empty several hundred miles later. The sun was drooping down beyond the horizon, giving off orange and red accents to the sky as the stars started to poke through. Stopping at a motel, I paid for a room with but little cash I had stored in the car. I went to the room and slid every lock into place. Like a paranoid neighbor, I peeked through the blinds, trying to spot any sign of the pursuing figure, but there was nothing. I took a shower, shaking off the fear and anxiety that plagued my day, an unrelenting pursuit that I only narrowly evaded and making it to this place. I laid down, thinking I could never fall asleep. But the exhaustion finally took me, eyes drooping, unable to keep them open any longer. I dreamt long but restless, dreams of the faceless figure lurking in the woods. A dream about breaking doors, strange motels, the deadbolt giving way under the intense strain of a powerful attack against the wooden door, metal chain bursting into pieces, flying in all directions, the slow footfalls of a pursuing figure slowly approaching my bed, the figure climbing onto the bed and on top of me. I opened my eyes only to realize they were already open, looking at the smooth, featureless face, only inches away from my own. I screamed, looking at the figure dead in the face, only unlike any time before, it moved, only to put a hand over my mouth and silence me.